Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have this Jen Samuel, podcast host, podcaster, coach, and helping to have young entrepreneurs and podcasters to get started in the world of podcasting. And also a stylist helping women to look better and upgrade their sense of confidence through their dress. Hey, Jen, fantastic. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Welcome. Hey, can you expand a bit more on where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you love working with? Yes, absolutely. So my styling business, I work with a lot of young moms, young women, probably women between 20s and even up into their 50s. And uh, women who've maybe undergone weight loss or they've had a life transition or they took on a career change or anything like that where they they just feel kind of lost in their closet they're like i i want the outside of me to look as awesome as the inside of me feels i'm a new woman i need to look like it and so women that are just looking to kind of upgrade um so that the outside reflects their their inner awesomeness uh i love working with those kind of people and then the podcasting i love working with young new podcasters who want to get their voice out into the world and uh yeah, that's kind of the short of it. Oh, I love that. So with your with your styling business, when when your ladies come to you, what are they actually, what are they really looking for? And what do you help them to maybe work through, overcome? And where are they going with this? Yes, a lot of, a lot of women, A, I do believe that it's intrinsic to the female soul that we want to feel lovely, not just how we look, but um, how we carry ourselves, how the world receives us. But how we look does impact the world around us. People receive us differently. We take a lot of subconscious cues from how we first impressions with people. It also Mm. affects how we perform on the job. Uh, It's called enclosed cognition, which is what you wear affects how you perform. And so a lot of women, there's just this disconnect. They were never really taught how to dress for their body or to figure out what their colors are or, or what role knowing their own style is, but they just know it's kind of like borrowing your best friend's clothes because you stayed the night and you had nothing else to wear and you feel like a traitor (laughs) in their clothes. And so women want to feel, um, like they can convey, it's like your clothing is like a billboard to the world of who you are without ever saying anything. And so women oftentimes struggle to know how to accomplish that, even though they want to, and they want to feel amazing and feel like they're representing themselves well to the world mm. around them. So love that. What would you, what would you say is one of the reasons why that actually happens? Why um, women can't find a way to represent this is this is who I am this is how I feel what's what's been the barrier 
Um, I think there's a there can be a few things. Um, some of it is what culture tells us looks good. Uh, let's say what's in style, what's on trend. And so you see it on the mannequin and you think that looks good on the mannequin, thus it should look good on me. But what they don't account for is everyone's body shapes are different. So certain styles or um, combinations of pieces might not look good on every body type. So it's it's not only trying to respond to the external messaging that may not fit you, but also just understanding what is my body shape and and what am I supposed to do with it so it's the real practical uh, knowledge and application we oftentimes recognize with our eyes what looks good but we don't always know why it looks good or how to duplicate that effect and so I come in and can educate with just the practicals of like shapes and silhouettes and cuts and how you're tricking the eye and and how to honor the body shape that you have to get the best look nice all the things that you don't know that we don't know right yes exactly exactly perfect and also i guess it's about it's all good and well looking good but you got to feel good as well you got to feel comfortable and um taken care of with your clothes so find that balance of it looks damn amazing and i enjoy wearing it again i guess that's an important balance to try and to work through absolutely well it's a lot like for entrepreneurs, they think of it like your branding. Like if your brand is a very lighthearted, fun and witty brand, you might not use heavy, intense music with dark colors. And you know what I mean? Your, your branding has to match your personality, right? Because then it feels like you. Well, it's the same thing with your clothes. It's kind of like your branding almost in that a woman is going to go in her closet, even guys too, they'll go in their closet and be like, we, we really dress for our mood is what we're doing. And, and what we choose is really a reflection of how we feel that day. And so a lot of times, if you're feeling like I need a dose of confidence, you'll go and grab that piece in your closet that makes you feel more confident. Right. Um, and so if you're going on a first date, you want to impress, you're going to grab something that makes you feel impressive. And so, yeah, it's like branding. Yeah, it makes such a difference. Um, so, hey, what, what what advice would you give someone who's like not quite not quite sure how to sort of find their style or doesn't really know what's even where to start? That they need to call me. That <laughs> um, you can you. It really is. There's a process to it. I mean, in short, you can go like do a lot of observing of what you like and why mm. you like it. Um, pay attention to what you get complimented in. And then, and then pay attention. Like usually that comes down to colors, but it also comes down to fit. If it fits you well, people are going to think you look nice because it flatters you. And so paying attention to what you're wearing, when you get complimented, um, what you like with your eyes and then, but it is, again, they've got to, they've got to pair it with understanding that what they like with their eyes has to be adjusted to work on their body. And so, um, yeah, just being really observant. When I would walk through the store when I was learning, because I didn't grow up with fashion. I grew up not allowed to look at fashion magazines. And my mom was the not girly in the least. So I kind of had to figure it out on the fly. So I would look at mannequins and I would try to analyze if I like to look like, what is it about that that I like? Is it the colors? Is it the fabric? Is it the way it all comes together? Is it the purse she's got? So I just tried to pay extra attention to what it was that I like. And you can duplicate things you like on someone else. You just got to make sure the pieces you choose fit your body well. Nice. I, I love that to, to sort of analyze and, and record. What do people say? What are they, what are other people like? Because that surely conveys how you're coming across 
Mm-hmm. Um, so to, I think also step further to when you wear something, how do you feel? How did you come across? How did you interact that day? I think these things matter because it might boil down to, yeah, I just thought it looked damn good. And so I felt good. So I showed up in a different way. And there is the snowball effect. I guess that's what you help your, your ladies get through to be able to, it's not about the clothes. It's not about how you feel. It's all about what they want. So that, so that, so that. And it's that next iteration of here's what they're actually buying. Mm-hmm. Here's what they're actually wanting. Here's what they actually are trying to achieve through confidence, through clothes. Um, so what do you help your women to actually do? I help them to identify what their body shape is so that then they know what types of pieces to look for, what types to avoid. For example, I had a young woman message me on Messenger a number of months ago, and she was trying on all these formal dresses for a big event she was going to. And she's like, these are all gorgeous dresses. I'm trying on so many and nothing is working. And I don't know why it's not working. I don't know why I'm striking out. And so I looked at these pictures and I realized very quickly, she's choosing dresses that uh, work against her body shape. And so I said, oh, honey, you need a dress for your body shape. She goes, well, what the heck is my body shape? And I was like, oh, well, your shoulders are the widest point. You're an inverted triangle. So you need to look for cuts that are fuller on the bottom half, cinch your waist and, and shrink the shrink the shoulders. And she was like, oh, so I gave her a couple silhouette ideas. And then she went looking some more. And then she had all these great options. And she's like, now I got to pick one. And so knowing their body shape makes a hundred percent the difference. Even that alone can transform how they look in their clothes. Secondly, knowing their best colors. I actually was wearing a, uh, like a really washed out gold color before getting on this call, but I intentionally changed to this bold one because it just looks better on camera. Um, So work in the colors, right? And so I teach them their colors and then I help them hone in on their style. And honing your style is, is equal parts art and science because style is very fluid and it changes with seasons of our lives and seasons of the year. And so that's kind of an ongoing Uh, the style part is an ongoing learning process for each individual. Um, But yeah, those are the three things I really focus on. Love that. So what was it that prompted you to want to jump on and and say, this is my purpose. This is my business. What was it? um, Was it one sort of life-changing event? Was it a gradual process? What was it like for you to become the business owner? Right. Well, um, that's a story. You want the story? Cause I've got a story here. Uh, so I actually by trade am a minister. Uh, my husband and I are pastors and we've been pastors for years. And, um, so, but when I was having my babies back and back to back, I had them very young. I started around 22 and had them back to back. And so I just, I felt like a baby myself. And I was like, I'm not ready to lose myself to motherhood. <laughs> like I respect me. I have a lot of ambitions. I love myself and I want to still be respectable looking, you know, I didn't want to just become sloppy looking. So I I realized I didn't know how to dress my ever-changing body. So I figured I needed to learn something. So I started doing research, learning, developed a lot of skills and putting stuff together, landed a job working for Stitch Fix as a wardrobe stylist for three years. I styled men and women with them. And then after that, I also um, landed a job Uh, business consulting and styling for a company out of Israel and New York City. And then I decided I wanted to have my own company so that I could work hands-on locally with women around me because I found that working with people in their closets, like you said, it's not about the clothes. I got into their hearts in ways that 
blew my mind. Like I would, I remember styling this one woman. I cried while I styled her because she said, I need something because it's the first anniversary. Um, my first wedding anniversary since my husband passed and we were married for 30 years and I would like to wear something with hot pink because he thought I looked beautiful in hot pink. So she told me what she liked. I put everything together, cried while I was styling her, like praying for the right pieces, you know, and I sent it to her. And then she wrote back and she was like, generally, this was the most perfect gift. She said, I felt in these clothes, like he was looking down on me from heaven and smiling. And it was just, it was beautiful. And like this gentleman I styled, he was so insecure, had no dating life. And so I started working with him and teaching him he could look amazing. And then he was like, my confidence has transformed. My dating life has turned around. So it was those moments I was looking for where I could get into the hearts of people and help transform their life. And fashion was just the vehicle for it. I love that. So you found, you found a passion, you found selfishly. And I love that word selfish. Like, this is what I want to do. I get fulfillment from this. And then by association, I get to change lives. Um, and I love the deep connection that you have, um, curating the confidence. It's the, the being able to be invited in to someone's world vulnerably. I guess if you're also trying on clothes, you're literally seeing everything sometimes. And it's a vulnerable place to be. So I think it's beautiful that you can hold that space and know that okay, in this moment, it means so much. Yes. I mean, every single one of my clients, everyone, no matter how perfect their body may be, everybody has insecurities. And, and when you're working with them in their closet, you will, the insecurity surface immediately because we all feel those. And so being able to meet them in that space without any judgment and like call out what is amazing about them and, and how to highlight their, their best qualities to be like, you look amazing and not feel like they have to hide what they've considered their bad qualities. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and kind of almost redeem how they, how they view themselves in a lot of ways. I think it has, it has some healing elements to it as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, so let's let's sort of bring this into your your business now, because obviously, as as you gone through this, as you found exactly what it is that you want to be doing, um, you're in your maybe your next iteration, trying to find out where where you go next, how you evolve and grow your business. So, what's it like for you now as you're looking for those next steps? Yes. Um. So I still can style people locally, but I realized like after styling over nine thousand people. I realized just kind of panning out, zooming out, I can see there's a few distinct keys that each person needs to understand in order to have a transformation and feel empowered to look and feel good in their clothes. And so I consolidated those keys and taught them in a virtual workshop. Actually, it was a live workshop that I filmed and now it's available online. And I'm, I did that because I'm like, you know, for those that are self-learners and are motivated, I want to put something in their hands. And so that's an option. They can self-learn. They can learn those skills. It's only, it's not very expensive at all. And so they can go in there and learn those key things and a lot of tricks and tips and demonstration and stuff. And then if they want to work with me personally, they totally can. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get that in the hands of, of the people who would be looking for it. Nice. So these are, so as you're growing, you've got more options. 
You're trying to find yeah. out, okay, how can I best serve more people? How can I make an impact in different ways? Because you're only one person. You can only be doing so many jobs at one time. So you've got to find a way to evolve and change. Um, yeah. So what's been your biggest struggle through this? What's What's been maybe a challenge that you've actually enjoyed working through or something's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is tough. <laughs> well, figuring out all the things, <laughs> I, honestly, getting things online is easier for the consumer, but it is so much work for the person who's getting it all online. And so like figuring out everything has been the challenge, but at the same time, I feel accomplished because I've learned the things um, and I'm always learning and always advancing. And so uh, the challenge besides that would be finding the people who need what I have um, other than just the people I'm interacting with on a personal basis, of course. And so finding the audience. Yeah. So now we're getting into the, the challenge of every single business owner ever. It's how to find <laughs> the right people, get the leads, get the clients, how to um, work through a system that's sustainable, that, that actually works because, oh my gosh, there's about a gazillion different strategies and tactics and hacks that you can use. Um, and yeah, we were joking offline talking about, yeah, where you are the business. And there's like, yeah, there's been so much that you've been trying and doing just like everyone does because there are all these promises of what you should do, but actually finding the right thing for you is sometimes it takes some time. So how has your experience been like, as you've gone through these different ways of, you know, what you have is life-changing. You love what you do, but you just need to find the right vehicle to, to get out to more of the right people. Yeah. I mean, I, whenever things are not working for me at first, it was very discouraging. And I felt the pressure of time, you know, it does take time. And so I felt the pressure of time. I'm like, y'all, I need to be making money here, you know? And so you feel that time like pressing on you. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, from observation of other business people and other people around me in my own history, when things aren't quite fitting, it's not a rejection, it's a redirection, you know? And so I just am like, okay, keep looking, keep strategizing, keep talking to other people, keep asking questions to try to see when I'm gonna get a spark of insight or a spark of revelation of something else to try. And, um, and I know I will succeed eventually. I refuse to give up, I will succeed. <laughs> and so really it's just finding where those people are and not going in debt doing it. Uh, <laughs> there we are, find the people, well, business, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, how to grow your business and not kill yourself and all the people around you. Yes. That's kind of the point, right? Yeah, exactly. It's true. And I will, I will say I have been really grateful. The moments when there have been like doors opened that were pretty phenomenal, they were dropped in my lap. They were, I very much believe of just sovereign divine involvement in my life, you know? And so that's exciting and then frustrating at the same time because I'm like, thanks, Lord, for watching my back. And then at the same time, I'm like, I cannot strategize that. <laughs> you know, I can't make it happen on purpose again. You know, I just have to, you know, so it's like this, this beautiful marrying of like, God's got me and God's driving the car to some degree, but then I've got to be smart and strategic as well. So kind of pairing the two together. Ooh, makes it so great. It's, do you mean that it's when, the, when God drops things on you, these opportunities, you like, that's great, but how the how am I going to actually implement that? Or is it a case of that was great, but I kind of need some help over here as well. 
yeah, it's like, that was great. But how do I duplicate that? How do I create more opportunity that just came out of nowhere? You know, like uh-huh. when I, when I uh, was a business consultant for that company out of New York city in Israel, that literally was because I had prayed the day before I said, Lord, I feel like I'm getting a little rusty. It's been six months. I need to be in fashion. And he said, okay. And open that door. They found me on Instagram, invited me to come style for them. And then through conversation, they realized I could help build their platform and build their business. And Mm. so they brought me on as a consultant as well. It was just all very divine, just dropped in my lap. So I can't duplicate those moments. You know, I can just pray for them. Um, And so it's, you know, but my income can't sit around waiting on divine moments to happen all the time. I'm going to challenge you there, if you don't mind. Okay. So yes, these moments do drop in. And so you asked for it. Please bring me something, bring me this, whatever it may be. And then the next day, as if by magic, these things appear. Uh-huh. So I'll always hold space for that. I've seen these things. There's, yes. there's no such thing as coincidence. Yes. However, you are also, this is where the duality comes in, the duality of seeing the opportunity and actually moving forward with it. So there may have been three opportunities that day. There may have been a plethora, but you were zoned in, you were focused and you had the ability to see that. So this is the, the job of an entrepreneur to actually notice these opportunities, mm-hmm. to see these see them as such rather than as threats because you could have interpreted that in two different ways in fact someone else may have been like oh that's not the right thing or that can't be or here's the reason why oh crumb now we're back to what you said offline earlier about um the confusion the (laughs) i can find the reason why this can't work so what call it an advertising strategy or a funnel or some kind of methodology because you've seen so much you'll find a reason why it couldn't work. Again, we're reframing. So this is some fun and games. When do you think you've maybe seen something and you've cast doubts, whereas actually, hold on, it may not have been relevant here, but that was your frame of mind in the moment. Has that happened with you? Yes. Well, honestly, with the podcast mastermind that I just launched in April, um, in the beginning of April, I had thought about training podcasters because many people were coming to me asking for help with their podcast. So I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, but I just kept kind of pushing it aside thinking, oh, that's a big project. Oh, it's going to take forever. Oh, this, oh, that. So it kept minimizing it. And it wasn't until I was having coffee with a friend who launched her own mastermind in three weeks. And she said, generally, stop making excuses. You have the goods, just get it up. And I was like, okay. And I'm launching by May 1st. (laughs) And so in three weeks, I built the mastermind, filled the mastermind. And, and I, I was really proud of myself because I just, but I took action where in the past I might've leaned back on my heels Mm. and been slow to take action. But that one, I jumped out the boat, you know, and it paid off. And I was really grateful. So in that moment, what was it that you needed? What do you now know about yourself that allowed you to see that and then take action? I needed a friend or a voice. And now that can be even my own voice saying, stop leaning back on your heels. Just jump out the boat. Do the thing. If you've got the material, got the goods, do the thing. Just do it. Do it scared and it'll work itself out. <laughs> oh, love that. But again, as business owners, we're, oh, we are so good at justifying. We are mm. so good at finding a reason why. Um, yeah. so it's that finding that sort of nuance, that balance of these two things that may be the, one of the biggest things for you trying to find, okay, where, where do I, how do I maybe not rebrand, but how do I find my audience? How do I narrow down? How do I, um, 
take this business to where I want it to be. Uh-huh. We're still working on that. <laughs> We're still working on that, you know, just, just still for me, it's follow the question marks, follow the people that are asking me for help. And that's, yeah. that's what I've been leaning into because that's been the most fruitful. I think it's kind of obvious, you know, find where people are asking for what you have. Um, and so that's really kind of was my jump off point that kind of gave me the validation. Like, she's right. I really could do this because I know of multiple people who've been asking for help. So I'm just going to go meet the need. So I had to shift from this is scary to there's a need I need to be meeting. Mm. So again, back to the signposts, the questions people are asking, the signposts are there. Should we, oh, should we look around for them and be able to see them? So there is that external, there is seeing what other people want, seeing what the opportunities are. Uh-huh. There's also second phase, which is looking within. Mm-hmm. What do you want? I want to make a difference as most people do, I'm sure. But I don't want to just be busy. I want mm. to I want to help people. I realize that what's intrinsic of me is I'm like, all the industries I've ever worked in, the common denominator is I function like a megaphone. I've worked in marketing. That's to help get other people's voice out, other businesses' voices out. I'm a podcaster. That's to get my voice out. I'm helping other podcasters to help get their voice out. I'm do fashion to help women get their get their image out, like who they are on the inside. And mm. so I realized that I'm like a, I'm a, I don't even know what you would call that necessarily, but like a megaphone, you know, I just take the message and, and find a way to get it out. And so I realized that that, that drives me, whether I'm teaching the word of God or whether I'm on a podcast or helping someone get dressed, I'm trying to take what is and put it together and like, get it out. And so I don't even nice. know what you would call that, but that's what I want to do you want to improve and amplify yeah amplify that's a good that is a beautiful sort of container so every interaction you have you just want to leave it better than how you found it yes that's the goal love that hey jen thank you so so much for sharing your business some hints and tips along the way and everything behind the scenes of what you're going through right now this has been it's been so much fun absolutely absolutely you're welcome. Hey, if you can, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? Yep. They can find me a couple places. Um, my, if they're looking for my styling stuff, that's at jsamuelstyling.com, just the letter J samuelstyling.com. And if they're looking for my podcast, java with Jen podcast.com, and that'll take you to all the important places. Awesome. Well, everyone, if you're curious or you're like, yeah, this is for me, go check it out. But Jen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, so welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed that's how people find us it is and we want all their earballs <laughs> all the earballs all over the place we do nice yeah so please do all those things we'll be ever so grateful and then more people hear your beautiful voice or yours oh yeah <laughs> see you next time bye <laughs>